This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. It's with Kevin De Bruyne who sets up a shot and scores. And now it's with Harry Kane and it's another chance to make it three and he doesn't miss this time. That's Coutinho for Salah. Oh, that's brilliant. Mo Salah's header from Coutinho's excellent cross. And here's your host, James Rose. Greetings and welcome to the 14th episode of our second season. Now, our regulars are unavailable this week, but we've still got a cracker of a lineup. Joining me for the first time is one of the administrators of the KC Spurs fan group, the man who's gifted the KC Gooners a picture of Trump holding an Arsenal shirt and who has a natural flair for scarf design. I couldn't agree more. Please welcome Corey Gregory. How are you, bud? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. And yourself? Oh, I'm I'm just great. I'm doing just fine. Uh, and good. we're good. <laughs> good, good. Uh, and today's pod wouldn't be complete without our next guest. He's another season returner, the creator and host of the Citizen Abroad podcast, and who would quote trade Gundogan for a bag of balls? You heard it here first. <laughs> it's Tim Crean. How are you, bud? Oh, I'm doing great. It's uh, it's not even Christmas, and my present of Kevin De Bruyne coming back has already come true. So. That was quite a move, quite a goal. Not going to lie, that was pretty impressive. So we will start uh, our contest with our brand new game, which is, of course, Grade of the Game. Uh, it's a contest where our guys try and figure out which of the weekend's fixtures were awarded the A grade by our panel of independent experts. Uh, so more than one fixture can be awarded the A grade, allowing our guys to score as many points as possible. Four points for guessing an A game, three points for a B game, two points for a C game, and one point for an F game, because it was boring. Um, each person's going to get to pick uh, a fixture. So, Corey, we're going to start with you. Out of all of the fixtures from the past weekend, uh, which ones were awarded the A grade? Um, I had a different thought of what my A grade game was okay. until, until today. And now our A grade game has spilled over into Liverpool and Man United. That I was... honestly did not think that was going to be my number one talk about game, but <laughs> now it might be for certain other reasons. Uh, well, that was yes. uh, pre Mourinho sacking news and post. It was still awarded the A grade. Uh, so congratulations okay. on that. You'll get that four points right off the bat. Uh, Liverpool control the traditional English tie. The final score was three to one. One of the talking points from this game was Shakiri, uh, obviously getting the brace there, uh, only costing Liverpool thirteen point five million. So uh, Corey, value for money? Uh, yeah, I'm actually still mad the Spurs didn't get him. Uh, that was mm-hmm. one that I had really wanted to see mm-hmm. come uh, into a, a lily white uniform, but. Um, he is definitely proving his worth uh, coming off the bench for uh, Klopp. Mm-hmm, that I would agree with. And in general, Liverpool's performance uh, with him included, uh, how would you assess uh, them as a team? Um, <clears throat> them as a team, I think they're doing fantastic. Sorry, sorry, Tim. Um, I, I think they're doing very, very well. And it will be a battle until the last game of the season uh, for Liverpool and City. Yeah. Um, that pass from Fabinho to Sadio Mane and his control of that ball in the in the 18 was just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that first opening goal, I think Allison was very good aside from the dropped, you know, the, the spilled uh, save. But other than that, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it was a, a very good game overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim, let me ask you, uh, I mean, looking at Liverpool now, um, taking the top spot on the table, uh, as a City fan, 
uh, obviously a little bit worried about this, but uh, where do you see Liverpool, you know, moving forward from the next few games, so to speak? They are, you know, keep, keep they're going to keep the train rolling here. Uh, you know, Manchester City was in first place for a mere 26 hours or so uh, <laughs> on the weekend, which was nice for them to be back on top. But, uh, you know, the thing about Liverpool and you look at what they did last year and the reason that they didn't really compete with City for that title, uh, even though they beat City, is that they dropped uh, games and points to lesser opponents. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they beat Manchester United, uh, we can argue, I'm sure, in a minute whether they're a lesser opponent or not. But, uh, you know, the fact that uh, the fact <laughs> they beat United, they beat some big teams uh, and, and they've drawn against City uh, doesn't worry me much. It's what if they keep putting away the little teams like they should. Mm. And when you look at the games they have coming up, they have Wolves, they have Newcastle, uh, the big one at the end of the year against Arsenal mm-hmm. and City on either side of the new year. And then again, Wolves, Brighton, Crystal, less. So those, those games worry me less, the, the game against Arsenal, the game against City, than, than those games against the little one. And if they can come through that stretch, say, to the end of January or so, and and not have dropped points through there to any of these little teams, then I think uh, then I think it's going to be a real issue going forward. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a real uh, tight race, so to speak. Uh, Corey, let me flip it back to you real quick. I do have one follow up question. Obviously, based on the news today that Mourinho has now been given the sack, there is a lot of rumors, uh, and bookies are saying this too, that Pochettino could be the man to take over at United moving forward. Uh, as a Spurs fan, does that uh, does that worry you, that news, or are you not concerned at all about it? I am not concerned at all about it. I believe there's a gentleman in Washington, D.C. that coined a phrase called fake news. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just... Potch is, is somebody that... I, I, he wants to accomplish something, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like he's done yet. I do feel like once either the Spurs win a trophy or something happens, I think it will be he will look for something else, uh, whether it be a pet project or something like that. I I don't know. But I think he's the type of guy that's so driven that he wants something. And until he gets it, he's not done. Mm -hmm. So I I don't see him going anywhere, Mm -hmm. even if Man United you know, does what they've always do. And they, you know, pile money into the back of an 18 wheeler and drive it up to his front door. That's kind of their thing. But uh, I just, I just don't see that happening with Poch. Yeah. He, he does seem to have kind of have that loyalty. And he even came out today and said a few words about, you know, I'm, I'm kind of focused on Tottenham right now. Obviously the new stadium's about to, uh, about to open. So uh, I would agree with you on that one. Tim, we're over to you. Uh, go ahead and give us uh, what you thought got the A grade. I'm going to go ahead and uh, and just throw out whether it gets me points or not, Manchester City versus Everton. Okay. Uh, that game would get you a B grade. So it's just a three points, just a three-point game. But, uh, yeah, City returned to convincing ways with a victory over Everton 3-1. Um, so let's talk about City here a little bit. So they had that shock loss to Chelsea, uh, losing 2-0, but then obviously bouncing back pretty convincingly, as I just mentioned. Does that game from last week... And comparing that to the game we just had, does, are there any warning signs still from Manchester City as a squad moving forward that something is maybe not quite clicking? Or what do you think? Well, what I would say is this is kind of the culmination of the warning signs that we've been seeing all season. Uh, the problems with Manchester City have been uh, at left back with Mendy Nadi being able to stay healthy, with Dell filling in admirably, mm-hmm. but not as well and proficiently as he did last year. And just an overall feeling of kind of malaise after last year's 100 points. I think City's problem in the flow of a game is that they'll get up by a goal and then take their foot off the gas. And they don't have quite the same 
killer mentality uh, that they do. So I, I think that the fact that they lost to Chelsea is actually going to be a good thing in the long run. Mm-hmm. And you saw them bounce back against Everton pretty quickly. They took care of them with relative ease. And then just moving forward to today's match where they they, they slid by Leicester playing uh, basically their youth squad with uh, Aguero and De Bruyne, mm-hmm. of course, as well. But the fact that Kevin De Bruyne is back, that's huge. I mean, there's a lot of talk around City, whether they need whether they actually bring in a left back in January they do. We all know they need to bring in uh, some defensive uh, midfield cover for Fernandinho. Uh, Gabby Jesus hasn't been playing well. Maybe a veteran striker. And all this wrapped up with we don't even know if City can bring anyone in if they're on kind of double secret probation with uh, UEFA mm-hmm. and financial fair play. So uh, this is all making City fans nervous. And then you realize, hey, look, we're getting the biggest January transfer of all is, is Kevin De Bruyne is coming back. And so you're taking this team that's not doing badly. It's just you know having some struggles at times and they're taking uh, that squad and adding a, a top five player in the world to it. Mm-hmm. So today gave you a really warm and fuzzy feeling about, uh, about Kevin De Bruyne being back and what that means for city. And, and, you know, there was a point where he uh, early in the game where, you know, Mares kind of looked like he was going to line up to take a free kick and Kevin De Bruyne was basically like, get out of the way, kid, I'm taking this. <laughs> this is, you know, I'm back. You're, you're relieved of your duties here. And, uh, and that kind of, you know, De Bruyne, as soft-spoken as kind of a, a low-key guy as he is off the field, on the pitch he is an absolute killer, and uh, you saw a little bit of that come out today. Now let me ask you, maybe taking a step back here, um, as a City fan, seeing United in a bit of, you know, I say a bit of a turmoil, maybe that's being modest, but in a bit of a mess, um, does that kind of delight you, or do you have any kind of sympathy for them? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, no sympathy whatsoever. <laughs> um, and honestly, what delighted me is them having Mourinho as their coach, as their manager, because uh, I, you know, he obviously wasn't getting the job done. He was feuding with the front office, with his players, with his best player, keeping him on the bench. So it was a, a fun circus to watch. And now what, what does worry me a little bit is – are they on the track to writing the ship? Uh, you know, who knows who they're going to bring in. I will say, uh, to get back to your Pochettino point, he does worry me if he would come. Uh, you know, I'm hoping I'm taking the words of two Spurs fans here that he's going to stay. <laughs> and I'm going to hold you guys to this. I'm going to come back pretty mad if he uh, ends up at Manchester United. But he is a guy that, you know, you look at, and I like to, you know, compare the Premier League to American sports. And you look at kind of the the money ball concepts that the Oakland A's used in the early 2000s, and they were never able to push it over the edge because they didn't have the money to compete with that. And then when you look at a guy like, you know, Theo Epstein goes over to the Red Sox with that kind of Billy Bean philosophy, and he pairs uh, the, the strategy and the ideas with the money that the Red Sox had, and you look at the trajectory that the Red Sox have been on ever since. And so that's what I kind of see Pochettino as, if he's able to – you know, take what he's doing as great a manager as he is, his man management, his his strategy, his tactics, all that stuff. And if he's able to take that and they're given a blank, giving him a blank checkbook to work with, uh, that that really makes me nervous. So mm. the fact that brighter days may be on the horizon makes me uh, a, a little nervous for, for United. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I'm just sitting here and enjoying it all. Enjoying it while <clears> I last. Um, Corey, going back to City, uh, give us your take on their team currently as it stands. Uh, obviously, with their next fixture against Tottenham, somewhat on the horizon. Um, yeah, just give give us your breakdown of City as a whole. We're only five points off from City right this second. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's an accurate representation of how City plays. Personally speaking, I'm absolutely terrified that the original 
Bully from A Christmas Carol is back, or A Christmas Story, <laughs> I guess, is back um, in KDB. But he, I, I think this is their step. I think once once he's back, he's fully fit, as apparently he showed everyone today. Uh, you know, I, I think we are solid contesters for third place for the rest of the season. <clears throat> um, City... It, it, it's to me, it's a it's a battle of, of City and Liverpool, and I think mm-hmm. that you know to to Tim's point, I think the the back line, the back left side of the line, is probably um, the only potential issue. I mean, Kyle Walker has his uh, hiccups every now and again, but you know, coming coming from the Spurs, I know he's a solid player. I mean, come on, sure, he's got that pace, he's got that power um but he does sam have some uh some hiccups as you put it <laughs> sometimes or not but uh you know every now and again he just kind of you you got to look at him and you're like what are you doing what, <laughs> what, what was that, what was that but he, you know he had he had that with the spurs and and he you know continues to have that with with city every now and again but mm-hmm. i i do think that city is something uh, a force to be reckoned with and i mm-hmm. think they're We'll continue to be that for quite some time, even mm-hmm. on double super secret probation, because they're uh, probably paying a lot of people in cash. <laughs> cash. As long as they're not emailing people, I'm okay. So, <laughs> so we're still doing it. Corey, let's go back to you for a second game for me. Uh, what else do you think made the highest grade? As much as I don't want to talk about it, um, it is going to be the Saints' absolute destruction of. Arsenal. It absolutely is on the list, yeah, and it got the A grade, so that's hilarious for a Spurs fan. Um, but yes, that'll get you uh, those four points. Southampton register a shock win over the Gunners. Uh, the final score was 3-2, and they ended their 23-22 unbeaten. 22. 22. 22. Don't give them any more. <laughs> Don't give them another one. Um, yeah. Saints, of course, they their first win uh, was this one in 14 games in all competitions, uh, previously beating Crystal Palace uh, in September. Um, so what a high for them. Let's talk about Arsenal's performance, Corey. Obviously, be nice. <laughs> but uh, what uh, what happened to them? What was, what was lacking? Defense obviously struggled. They struggled yeah. as a whole. I think um, to Arsenal's defense, um, which I will rarely come to, um, they're they're struggling with injuries. They've had a long run of games, as as have a, a lot of the top five, top six teams. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a long run of games here in the last uh, you know fifteen twenty days. So they're dealing with uh, injuries, injuries just like everybody else is. But I think that really hurt them in this game. Um, the defense just seemed to not be able to deal with the cross. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what was going on with them, but at, you know all three of the goals that Southampton scored were. They were all headers. <clears throat> he had Danny Ings, both of his, and then the the last minute just absolute missed time miss by by Leno. Mm. That was I was so shocked that he completely missed timed that ball, just missed it all together. And Charlie, I think Charlie Austin was as shocked as anybody else that he that ball actually hit his head and went in the goal. But <laughs> they had fourteen unbeaten games in the Premier League. They had twenty two in all competitions. Um, Unfortunately for the Arsenal, um, the Arsenal fans, they're they're still in fifth place. They're not far off the the, the table, but right. they're they're five back from from Spurs and they're eleven back from the top. I'm not saying it's insurmountable, but it's you know it's it's definitely uh, not where they want to be. And I don't 
if they're playing like they played against Tottenham, that's a that to me was a totally different Arsenal team than we saw against Southampton. Oh, agreed, absolutely, man. Why didn't Spurs play that team? Uh, anyway, Tim, <laughs> <laughs> Tim uh, on Southampton, obviously new manager, uh, immediate response. But would this win give them momentum to potentially keep them above the drop zone for the season? Yeah, I, I think it will. I mean, this is. What is uh, what's so great about the Premier League is that it is so deep, it is so uh, talented. I mean, Southampton has a lot of talent on it, and when you pair that with uh, with a new manager, with a new voice in the room, then you have a chance to uh, to to make some noise here. And I think that they're they're talented enough to stay up. I think there's also some other teams uh, that aren't really talented enough to stay up. Sure. Uh, I don't know if Huddersfield is. Um, you know, Cardiff is is a little bit above there right now, but I think long term they're not uh, necessarily for this league. So, uh, you know, I think Southampton is, is a team that is going to um, going to make their way up to, to to close to middle of the table. I could see them mm-hmm. uh, hopping hopping a lot of people, hopping Brighton, hopping you know Crystal Palace, even Newcastle, a team I like, mm-hmm. is a team that they could hop uh, down the line. So, I think this is an upward trajectory, and I think that. Uh, Hopefully, uh, they, they they get some of this. this is, you know, Southampton's a team I like. They've been um, for for a long time, kind of a, a farm club for some of these bigger teams, <laughs> and they've produced some some great players that have that have made their name otherwise. So they've they've become really a fixture in the Premier League, and uh, and I hope this is the first step on uh, on solidifying that spot. Mm-hmm. And uh, opinions on Arsenal uh, from this particular fixture, and just in general. Yeah, I mean they've been on a great run of form, but this is the time where you you know separate the contenders from the pretenders because this <laughs> okay. is yeah this is such a unique <laughs> period of football this uh, December into January section you don't you don't get this in any of the other um, the leagues around the big leagues around Europe uh, and that's you know we can talk about whether that's uh, a hindrance for Premier League teams winning the Champions League, but. You don't get this in other places. This is very uh, uniquely English Premier League. And if you don't have a, a squad that is deep and mentally tough, along with being physically tough, then you're going to drop points in this stretch. And uh, Arsenal has a new coach. They have some young talent. They, I think, are on the right track for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think dropping a game like this, like I talked about with Liverpool, seeing if they can get through this stretch to have see if they're really contenders, I think the fact that... Uh, they dropped this point early on in the you know mid December is a sign that while they're going to have a good year and probably exceed expectations just a little bit, uh, that they're not ready for uh, to compete for uh, you know the top one or two spots. And, and if they're lucky, they'll hang on to a Champions League spot. Tim, we're back to you for one more guess. Um, what other games or what other fixtures from the weekend uh, made the highest grade? Wow. Uh, well. I know uh, Watford Cardiff. I didn't watch much of that, but that seemed like a barn burner. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe uh, I'll go with the Chelsea match here. Chelsea match. Uh, was or do we a- want to talk Tottenham? I guess that's probably uh, a little more. Well, that's up to you. You get to choose. Take your <laughs> take your pick. Uh, for you guys, you know what? Let's go with Tottenham because I want to hear from you guys about uh, right. what you thought of that match and their their chances right now. Well, well uh, speaking of speaking of barn burner, <laughs> well, that, that was nothing, a, yeah. that was a great C game. So that'll only just get you the two points. But we appreciate you, you know, the open invitation for uh, letting Absolutely. us talk about Spurs. Uh, Tottenham edge Burnley in the dying minutes uh, of the game, thanks to uh, a wonder strike from Christian Eriksen. Final score was, of course, one nil. Um, Tim, let me ask you. 
right off the bat, Tottenham. Um, obviously, been through their own highs and lows. Uh, seem to be on a kind of steady run of form right now. Managed to get out of the Champions League groups. Uh, what do you think of their their current trajectory? Uh, are you worried about Tottenham as a Manchester City fan? You know, I am less worried about them in terms of the Premier League. I think they're going to finish in their usual third, second or third, and that'll be a good year. I'm actually more worried about them in Champions League. You know, James, last time uh, the two of us talked on my podcast, we basically came to the conclusion that Tottenham was done and going to be knocked out of the group stage. Mm-hmm. And they made a big turnaround, and they are in it now. And yeah. when you get that kind of confidence and you come down to to two-legged matches here, anything can happen. And so the fact that um, they're, they're playing well, they're kind of um, – uh, building slowly, it seems like, and and getting everything together, that that worries me. And and you know, last year, City uh, obviously lost to Liverpool in Champions League, and and those are the teams in this competition that scare me the most. Especially this year, when a team like Bayern Munich, a team like Real Madrid, uh, Juventus with Ronaldo hasn't really got it together yet. So there's a lot of teams around the world that are a little bit down from their super high levels they've been in the past. So the teams that scare me the most in those two game competitions are premier league teams. Mm. And after everyone gets to the round of 16, uh, whether Tottenham does or not, I, you know, that's a team that I'd be scared to see in champions league. So that worries me a little bit. And what I don't know, right. What would kind of sway my opinion one way or another is what they do in January. So mm. I, I kind of interested in hear what you guys say. What's uh, what's the word on the street of what they're doing in January? Who would you like to see brought in and, and who's realistic? All right, Corey, let's give that question to you. Uh, January transfers for Spurs. What do we think? Um, I think uh, I think Poch sits on it again. I think he's just holding up. He's going to be the only Premier League manager in the history of ever to not bring anybody in an entire year. Hmm. And that's, uh, I'm just kidding. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> well, I actually believed you would, for a little that, bit. But... That, yeah. would, that would absolutely devastate. I don't know. I, I think there are lo- a lot of unhappy folks potentially out in some other leagues. Maybe not uh, Maybe not the Premier League, but other championship leagues. And I, I think that we're probably going to bring in some other Lucas Mora type players, hopefully. Mm. Um, I think we definitely need to bolster up the defense, and, and we need some we need some Sissoko or Musa Dembele style players sure. in the midfield as well. And I wouldn't, uh, you know, if we had a second Harry Kane that sat on the bench, I wouldn't be uh, against that as well. Mm-hmm. Now we talked a little bit about Harry Kane last time around, but I do want to bring it up again just briefly because of late, I mean, his his presence or performances, if you like, uh, for Spurs have been very kind of uh, abject. Um, do you see a turnaround for Kane here? I mean, is he going to, you know, shake off the dust or whatever you want to call it? Or uh, are we going to have to actually start looking for another striker soon? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, you know, there's always rumors of him leaving and all of this. And I, I think we're at a we're at a usual sort of uh, mid-season slump. Mm-hmm. And we're, I, we're all hoping that he scores a Mo Salah-style uh, hat trick here in the next couple of matches um, and, and really takes the top of that golden boot again. I'm hoping that's the case. I'm really hoping that he, he shakes it off and he, he comes out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of soccer or football still to be played sure. coming up in the, in the next few months. Um, well, I just want to give a big scout out the best player of the match for the Spurs, who was Skip. Mr. Oliver, 
<laughs> Mr. Oliver Skip. He uh, he had a hell of a performance. Wasn't he subbed in the 75th minute or something like that? But uh, he, he actually we brought on Ericsson for Skip. Ah, uh, yes. If I remember correctly. You could uh, be or, right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Ericsson yeah. went on to uh, score the game winning goal. But anyway, um, yeah. good times. Well done, Skip. <laughs> Let's move on to our second section, uh, which is, of course, another round of Rumour Mill. Uh, so to clarify, each player is going to get a quote or a line from a newspaper or online resource from the last few days. Uh, all they're going to do is tell me if the words I read out were in fact printed or just something I completely made up. So it's basically true or false. Uh, two points for a correct guess. And Tim, you're up first with this one. Manchester City are planning a £50 million bid for Leicester and England left-back Ben Chilwell in January, with France international Benjamin Mendy still out injured. True or false? Yeah, I I, I think the uh, the facts behind it are false, but uh, I do think I've <laughs> seen that printed, so I'm going to go with true. You've played this game before. Yes, it is true. Uh, the Mirror published that delightful read on the 14th of December. Um, could that happen? <laughs> is, it, is it reality or what do we think? The, I don't know. I, I don't think that uh, they're going to go and, and get someone like that. They've had uh, the chance to get guys like that before, some kind of veteran, journeyman, kind of Premier League stalwarts to bring in just to kind of stem the tide for uh, for a half a season. And they've in the Pep era, they've always uh, kind of gone against that. And they've gone to, you know, what the, the chairman of uh, Manchester City, Kaldun Al-Mubarak, does a really nice interview uh, on all the social media platforms at the end of the year. And he talks about the tests they do in order to bring guys in. Mm. And it is, it is does this guy uh, make our team better? And can he compete and make the other players on the team better? And I don't think that uh, the Chilwell really fits uh, either of those questions long term hmm. so uh so i don't think that is possible not possible interesting and and to quote jared from our last uh our last home game uh netflix and chill well <laughs> <laughs> that's his new fantasy team then love it uh cory this next one's for you tottenham and england striker harry kane has appointed his older brother charlie to oversee his career true oh i i i'm gonna say false it is true, believe it or not. There's pictures of him and cool. all. Uh, oh yeah, the Daily Mail got that uh, article up and running, and I think other news outlets have got it too. But uh, he has. Talk about family loyalty right there, hiring your own brother to oversee your career. Is that a good idea, or is that kind of a um, not-so-smart move? I can only imagine that this will not end well. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, for uh, King Kane, I really do hope this is... Uh, I hope this is a good move. Yeah, King Kane now hiring <laughs> Prince Charlie. Uh, Tim, this next this next one's for you. Uh, Newcastle owner Mike Ashley is confident that a three hundred million pound deal to sell the club will be finalised in the new year. True or false? Uh, I I hope for uh, for Newcastle fans that's true. According to the Daily Express, yes, that is true. So nice work on that. That'll get you those two points. Whether or not it is actually true, though, uh, Mike Ashley has a habit of pissing off his uh, <laughs> Newcastle fans just a little. Yes, he does. Um, so whether or not he can actually get it done, maybe he's just uh, dangling the carrot again. Um, I guess we shall yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the last time he had it done, he, he offended the, the buyer so much that they backed out. So right. who knows, if uh, even if there is something in the works, whether he'll be able to see it all the way through. Yeah, could be just Daily Express fluff. Um, Corey, this last one's for you. Ex-Manchester United boss Jose Mourinho was growing increasingly frustrated with the club's board over a lack of transfer activity. True or false? 
<laughs> this, I don't, I'm not even sure this makes sense based yeah. on how much money they've spent on all of these great names that have not actually produced anything. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I'm going to say it's true just because it's Jose. It's Jose. It is true, yeah. According to the Daily Telegraph, <laughs> why wouldn't that be true? I mean, it's why would that not be true? Right. You could say that any week meant, for the yeah. last decade or so, and I think it would be true that Mourinho's <laughs> complaining about not spending much money, no matter who he's with or what's going on. Oh God, he's bought Pogba, he's bought Lukaku. I mean, how much more money does he want? But anyway, he's gone now, so it doesn't well, matter. Um, even but... even on even on Sanchez, I mean, that was a huge huge payday for Sanchez, and then oh, yeah. they just have they have the poor guy sitting on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, as a City fan, the fact that they stole, quote, stole both Sanchez and Fred from Manchester City, and he refuses to play both of them, is one of the most hilarious things that has happened in the last year or so. Let's move on swiftly to our last game, which, of course, is another round of player profile. So I'm going to provide five different clues to a Premier League player, each clue easier than the last. First person to shout their name and correctly guess their player wins the two points. But you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. This week, uh, the clue to these players is woodpeckers. Woodpeckers. So this translates to players who have struck the woodwork in this current Premier League season. So close yet so far. Uh, Guys, you ready? Ready. Ready. Let's do this. Player number one used to play for Liverpool. Featured in his national team's World Cup this year. Has scored eight goals in his 13 club appearances this season. Tim. Yes, Tim. Raheem Sterling. Nice work, bud. Yes, it is Raheem Sterling. Good job. And that'll get you those two points. Uh, The other two clues is an English international and a Manchester City forward. So nice work, Tim. All right. Player number two uh, plays for Bournemouth. Is a defender is rumoured to be moving to Spurs in January, is a Dutch international. First name is Nathan. Tim. (laughs) Yes, Tim. (laughs) The fact that I know a player named Nathan, I'm born with Nathan Ake. (laughs) Nathan Ake, that is absolutely correct. Nice work on that. I'll get you those two points as well. Um, Yeah, Nathan Ake. I would have thought maybe he'd be a good fit at Spurs. I'm not sure. Um, I guess uh, guess we'll see what happens. Um, Player number three. Last name officially is Borges de Silva. Has been with his club since 2013. Has only scored two goals so far this season. Is an attacking midfielder. Is a Chelsea player. Any ideas? Any ideas? Borges de Silva is his last official name. Tim. Yes, Tim. William. It is William. Nice one. There we go. Good job. You can just edit out that long, long pause there. (laughs) You can can tell that Tim and I are not Googling this, boys. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) Me and my boys just listening going, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, uh, player number four uh, was shockingly snubbed from his country's World Cup squad this year. Has netted six goals so far this season. Plays for Manchester City. 
a German international. <laughs> Tim. Yes, Tim. I was just waiting oh, for man. it. All I could think of was Emmerich Laporte, and I'm like, he doesn't have that many goals. Uh, <laughs> that is Leroy Sané. It is Leroy Sané, yes, and we'll get you those next two points. Uh, the last clue, of course, was first name is Leroy. Leroy Sané, nice work. All right, Corey, I believe in you. You got sure. this last one. Think about it. Focus, breathe. Uh, pl- <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Plays for Liverpool. Is just 20 years old is an Englishman plays as a defender first name is Trent ah Corey yes Corey (laughs) Alexander Arnold it is (laughs) I'm so glad you got one (laughs) do I get 100 points for that Uh, (laughs) that was actually our bonus question so yes nice Uh, (laughs) no I can't yes uh, just for two. Um, he hit the woodwork twice, apparently, this season. Now, I've been trying to figure out what games he did that. Um, but, yeah, maybe a, a question for our listeners out there. Send us the answers because I can't figure it out. Um, I'm going to throw out a bonus three-point question here. Which Chelsea player has hit the woodwork three times already this season? Which Chelsea player has hit the woodwork three times already this season? Is this just like out there yeah just go go and shout out a name yeah (laughs) i'll go with hazard hazard okay Corey, what do you think i was gonna say Murata. it is neither although i think hazard might be up there i'm not sure he's got three that have hit the woodwork but the answer is marcus alonso (laughs) wow (laughs) yeah i didn't even he does take a lot of free kicks that makes sense actually that that would make i guess that makes sense yeah yeah indeed uh but guys that is the game and the final scores Corey, you have come away with 10 but steamrolling perhaps that last game congratulations tim you have come away with an impressive 18 points how do you feel all right oh i feel great thanks tim yeah i feel absolutely great this uh it feel much better than uh, than City's win in a shootout against Leicester in the Carabao Cup today. So there you go. that's we'll a good take, thing. We'll take that. Uh, Corey, commiserations. Uh, that last round, as you predicted, might have got you a little bit. But uh, how are you feeling? Yeah. Um, d- defeated. Defeated. De- defeated. Um, I feel like I feel like Jared. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I as I'm listening to this every week, I'm like, oh, poor Jared, poor Jared, <laughs> and, and then everyone be going, poor Corey. <laughs> I continue the uh, the uh, streak for him. So we'll in it. his absence, in his absence, love it. Uh, well, folks, that is all we have time for today. Big thanks to Tim Crean and Corey Gregory for jumping onto this pod. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, we'll be back soon. We'll be taking at least a week off, uh, mainly because of the holiday period being a hectic time. Uh, but we will, of course, be back at some point. Don't forget to check out our Twitter page at Kick Corner Flag, as well as our Facebook page and website KickFlag.com. Thanks so much for listening guys and have a great week.